brought in. It's 2-1! It's saved by Walton. Incredible scenes here in front of the Sir Bobby Robson stand. Championship bound Ipswich Town. Hello everybody, welcome along to the official Ipswich Town podcast coming to you direct from the Town TV studios here at Portman Road. My name's Aaron Paul, great to be with you this week. What an episode uh, we have got for you. First up, we are talking women's football and we have got manager Joe Sheehan on the programme as well as winger Sophie Peskett who tells us her side are ready for the challenges that await this season. Yeah, I think we want to prove to ourselves and everyone that we can do it, even though we've obviously fallen short the past two years. Plus, forward Caden Jackson drops by and offers some reflection on what's been a roller coaster five years here at Portman Road. It was a proud day to, to sign for Ipswich Town, and you know that's not, that's still not lost on me. You know, every day that I am um, given the opportunity to put a shirt on and get onto the pitch in front of 29,000 fans, it's. Um, you know, yeah, I still have to pinch myself when, when moments like that happen. So let's get straight to it as we sit down with women's manager Joe Sheehan and winger Sophie Peskin. Joe, Sophie, thanks for joining us on the official Ipswich Town podcast. Great to have you with us ahead of what is going to be a huge season opener at the weekend. Joe, firstly, how's the close season been after what was a, a frantic campaign last year? Uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty good. Um, we had a really strong finish to the season, so managed to win pretty much all of our games um, off the off the back and going into sorry going into this new year. So um, a really positive end to the season put ourselves in a great position to to try and win the win the division, um, and obviously got pipped on goal difference. But I think we, you know, going into the close season, you, you can't ask much more from the staff or players. So there wasn't too many regrets or um, disappointments from that aspect because we've done all we can um, and then yeah it's just about looking forward into this new season to see if we can go one better. Second place finish losing the league on goal difference it must have been a gut punch though I mean working that hard and, and performing that well all season it, it's it's a relentless campaign and, and you would have hoped for, for success at the end of it. Yeah I think we always knew we were playing catch up I think I think we're all conscious that we probably had to win the remaining 10 games to give ourselves a chance. And I think I'd certainly programmed in my head that if we won all 10 um, and, and weren't able to achieve what we wanted to achieve, then yeah, we couldn't do much more with that. So wasn't as disappointed. Um, but yeah, you can look at league table and see miss out on goal difference and it can be a bit of a stomach cruncher. But yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things and it's... Um, it's certainly made for an exciting finish and I think we can carry a lot of momentum going into next season. Sophie, great to have you with us. Really appreciate you you, you taking the time out to join us ahead of uh, ahead of the big kickoff. Um, from your perspective as a player, having worked so hard, it's very much a marathon, not a sprint, the uh, the, the women's campaign. Um, what was it like for you, losing on goal difference? Was it tough? Do you look at it as constant improvement? I think... Last season was definitely like a roller coaster for me personally and the whole team. Um, and I think, yeah, losing out so narrowly was obviously horrible. Um, but I do think it gives us confidence going into this season um, because I think it just shows that we were, we were so close. Um, so I think it just shows there isn't much margin for error. So if we're at it this year and have a, a strong pre-season that we've had, I don't see why we can't do it this year. So I think it's... It's obviously not nice and it, it was horrible at the time, but I think in the long run, we've, we're all going to learn from it and uh, I think we can take it as a big positive. How do you reflect on, on last season personally? 
Uh, personally, I think obviously I was coming back from a very long term injury. Um, so it was sort of, I used it as a way for me to just sort of get, get, get me back on my feet and um, sort of just get my confidence back. Um, and then this pre-season, I've sort of used it to get proper minutes. It's my first pre-season in, in a couple of years. So to get minutes in my legs and sort of not be playing catch-up, it's been really nice. Um, so, yeah, last season was sort of just sort of getting back into it and getting, getting into the swing of things. But I think this year for me, I'm really going to push on and, and try to do even better than last year. Do you manage to get a little break in as well? Yeah, a little bit, a little holiday. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to Iron Upper. Any good? <laughs> yeah, it was good. There was a few of us in the team, so it was nice. Did you know about the trip to Iron Upper? I did, yeah. No invite for you, though? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to us about how the squad's shaping up. You, you talked um, to, to the local media at the back end of last season about having a large amount of players out of contract. Look, we'll talk about the departures in a minute, but how pleased are you to secure some names? Where are you right now in terms of with your squad? Yeah, we knew it was going to be... Um of a change of, of our playing personnel um, I think we managed to pretty much keep almost everybody that we certainly wanted to keep I know it can look like there's a big change and um, players have moved on certainly to some uh, clubs in the higher division but for us we were quite pleased with who we did end up keeping um, I think that was really important um, and then yeah we've just tried to look at what's what's out there Um We've, we've predominantly recruited from the region. So I think it's probably the first time we've looked at the region as a whole and realised the talent pool is probably quite exhausted now. So we've had to change a little bit about, you know, what sort of market are we in? What sort of players do we need to recruit? Um, you know, Mark spoke to our group on Tuesday um, and, and made it clear that, you know, that the right people have to come into this football club, not just with the men, not just staff, but also the women's team. So when you're trying to get the right people, you're trying to um, sort of work in a market that's not that close to us anymore. You know, there has been some challenges with that, um, but we've been quite pleased with the players that we have brought in so far, um, and we're hopeful that we can get a couple more in over the next probably week or so that will put us in a really good position to attack the season. Let's talk about some of the departures. Uh, a couple of huge ones: Anna Gray moving to to Lewis, upper division. Um, how disappointed are you to lose a player of her quality, especially with the goals she chipped in with last year? Yeah, I think both players contributed significantly to the success of our season. There's no doubt about that. I think it became quite apparent that they both wanted to play championship football this season. Um, and obviously with us not being the team that managed to win the division, we were always aware that they would potentially look to move on and that the expiry of their contracts... Um, you know, they'd served us really well. Um, I think the timing was right for both of them as well. I think they'd, they'd been um, pretty consistent in our team. they played a lot of minutes, played a lot of games. They've both stayed pretty fit. So I think the timing was right for them. And I think we are a football club that um, won't hold players back from making the jump when they feel it's the right time to do so. Um, and I think, you know, certainly for... Abby Lafayette situation. She's brought up in Watford as well, so it's a little bit closer to where her family were were previously based. So, um, yeah, you know, we 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 wish them well. Um, but what it does do is give opportunity for other players coming through our pathway um, and players that we look to bring in to to fill those gaps um, and hopefully contribute just the same. Tell us about the incomings, about 
how you recruited your players and, and how you're planning to build on last season's success? Yeah, so we were quite extensive actually with you know the club in terms of like what sort of players are we going to go after, what was now our sort of catchment area, if you like. And um, I think what became apparent fairly early is that you know the investment in the game now across the board is, is significantly increased. So likes of Newcastle in our equivalent division of full-time across the board. Um, there's other clubs now that are associated with Premier League clubs that are also spending a lot of money. So... Yeah, it, it was a real eye opener for us to, you know, to, to talk to players and understand the figures that are being offered to them um, was quite eye opening, um, and it meant that we had to yeah go back to the drawing board again and think about what sort of players that um, we could go after. And yeah, we've we've had conversations with lots of players, um, and I think what we tried to do as well was not come too far away from what's got us where we're at in terms of what we stand for, and we've always invested in young players. We've always tried to give them opportunity and, and, and develop them as best as we can and and we will probably continue to do that. Um, we brought in Maisie from West Ham who'd had a bit of a tough couple of years and we felt she needed a bit of love, a bit of um, investment um, and we're looking forward to trying to develop her as best as we can. Um, we brought in uh, a young player from Arsenal, Ruby Doe, who we think will be a really positive player for us and was similar to probably the impact that Freya had last year, we hope. A young player coming in from Arsenal um, who's well thought of um, and hopefully we can help her kick on and, and she can contribute to our season as well. How do you build on the, the the quality of the past couple of seasons? I mean, third place two seasons ago, second last year, surely it's promotion this year that's expected, no? I think what we have learned is that I think the first year we won our first 11 in a row, um, had a bit of a target on our back and naturally probably got a little bit carried away with the form and I think you would to win 11 games in a row to beat uh, pretty much everybody you play the first time around you know it's over such a long period as well you know you're winning so many games um, and yeah you know we were the team to beat and you know once you lose one or or drop points in in another game then suddenly there can be a whole storm around you know seasons falling apart so that that was a challenge that we've learned from um, last season we didn't start great and then played catch up but then managed to win our last 10 in a row so I think we've had two good experiences of starting really really well and falling short not starting great but finishing strong and just falling short so hopefully yeah those, those two experiences albeit really different will, will help us uh, massively going into this one. Sophie did you feel that target as a group last year did you feel that people want to come and beat us because we're expected to go and smash teams up. What was the feeling in camp like? Yeah, I think a lot of the time we do feel like people know what we're capable of and sometimes they do come and sort of, they, they just do want to beat us, um, which is sort of like like any team. But I think we felt that a bit more strongly, especially last season. Um, and I think people almost want to prove a point against us, which what that means a lot of the time is that when we play teams, we get their best side and we get, sort of yeah their best performance a lot of the time so it means that we have to come on top form um but I think it's something that actually pushes us on um and I think it obviously means that we have to turn up above seven out of ten every every game so I think that's what's going to get us promoted um and I think learning from that the last two years is definitely gonna be what probably pushes us on Cardiff away how are we feeling about it I mean you'd much rather play at home first no 
Yeah, but do you know what? I'm actually looking forward to a, an away trip for the first game just because we're sort of staying over in a hotel, so it might be a nice bit of team bonding to start the year. The boss has said, to what well, talked about his ambitions and, and you know, we, we've touched on it slightly, the fact that this club has finished third, second. I mean, what is the feeling from, from you guys and, and you as a team? Surely you guys want to get promoted this year and, and you all want to play higher up the pyramid. It's, it's, it's better for your careers, it's better for the club. Yeah, I think we want to prove to ourselves and everyone that we can do it, even though we've obviously fallen short the past two years. Um, I think, obviously, as Joe mentioned, the ethos that we have here with doing it with young players, I think we definitely believe in that as well. And we want to prove that we don't need to bring players in from everywhere to get us there and that we can do it with homegrown players, with players that, you know, we've played together for seven-odd years, some of us. So it's definitely... Um, a sort of personal goal for all of us um, and that we yeah we have a bit of a point to prove this year I think Joe it would be really remiss of me to, to miss out on talking about the home fans of Felix so how important is it for you that you get people down that people are are, are supporting the women's team and, and hopefully supporting you on to a, a league title this year yeah it's huge I mean we often joke about you know you, you don't pass Felix though to get somewhere you know you, you go there so for us to play 12, 30 miles outside of Ipswich and to get, you know, sometimes up to seven, 800 people come and watch us is is pretty good, really. And obviously we sold out the ground before. Um, yeah, I think we've hit four figures quite a few times now there. So, um, yeah, our supporters um, are really good. You know, they, they back us, they, they, they travel away um, in good numbers as well, actually. You know, we've often gone to an away game and seen plenty of flags and people turning up and... Some of the home fans almost wondering what's what's quite going on. So yeah, we've we've got we've developed a really strong group of people that um, support us, you know, home and away. Um, vocally, have, have um, you know started encouraging us a little bit more as well over the last sort of few games last season. So yeah, that that's also really good to see and and hear. And I think it certainly helps the players kick on. And yeah, we're hoping that obviously the success of the current World Cup as well means that more people want to come and watch us in particular. Um, and, and not just young girls coming to watch, but also starting to play as well and hopefully emulate the likes of Sophie one day. So supporters have um, yeah been with us for quite a while now and, and the numbers are ever increasing and we're hoping that we can give them something to celebrate next May. Well, you mentioned the World Cup. I, I have to talk to you about it Sophie what's it been like sat at home watching the games uh, from afar I mean it's been a really enjoyable tournament yeah no it's a bit surreal really watching it Um, obviously after the Euros um, we know what they're capable of obviously they've had a few injuries so before the World Cup started I was a bit unsure with how they do Um, but obviously them being in the final now um, yeah it's great to see and it's sort of it's amazing to see how many fans they actually I think there was 70 odd thousand at the stadium um, which is crazy to think that a few years ago that that wouldn't have been the case. So it just shows that where, where the game is going and it, it's exciting to be a part of it. People talk about ambition and having international ambition. Surely there are players in our squad who sit there and go, right, well, I want to be playing for my national team in in the next World Cup, the next Euros. You know, I want to be involved in, in national camps as well. And I mean, it's kind of reflective of the success that we have here at the club as well. If we get successful and if we push on then careers will push on as well yeah for sure obviously um, a lot of us going through the academy played in the sort of youth age age groups at England 
Um, and we've had in the last year sort of people being called up for Scotland and Wales. So playing for our countries and stuff is obviously something that we are all really ambitious for and all strive strive to do. Um, and I'm sure that most of us in the squad one day would love to see see us playing in the World Cup. Um, and, and that's the aim. So to sort of watch it and, and see what the level is like, um, that's definitely what, what we're there to do. And um, it's, yeah, hopefully it's something that, that we could be a part of in the future. Joe, I hate using the word legacy because that is what is bounded about, the term bounded about after any form of sporting success in this country. Um, people will be talking about the Euros legacy and people will be talking about the World Cup legacy, whatever happens in, in Sunday's final. You talked about the talent pool earlier and, and the local talent pool. Are we seeing the effects of the Euros win yet? Are we yet to witness that? Do you think there'll be an aftershock and a surge of of participation from girls in the local area in terms of the game after the World Cup? What do you predict for the local area? Yeah, I think there will. Um, when I you know, when I first joined years ago, understanding the landscape of grassroots football in this county in particular um, was quite eye-opening because I think in the girls' game in, at grassroots level in, in Suffolk, um, there wasn't as many teams as I'd expected, um, as many clubs at, sort of under eights right up to say under sort of 14s um, in comparison to neighbouring counties so I think that's changed over the last few years and I know that our foundation and the work that they've been doing in developing their their pyramid from um, camps to school work to development centres um, and the numbers now we have of girls that um, participate um, not just in this county, but neighbouring ones, has gone up significantly. So that's a huge positive, and I'm sure that's um, a, a knock-on effect of not just the Euros, but also probably our success as a women's team over the last sort of four or five years. So that's been hugely positive, and I think the challenge now we have is to nurture that talent and start to guide those that, that huge pool of players that uh, we, we have access to across the region um, to, to ensure that we can start to yeah, nurture that the next bright talent that can come through our pathway. Hi, uh, I'm Jack Taylor. You're listening to the official Difference Town podcast. Come on, you blues. Let's move on to our main feature of uh, this edition of the official Ipswich Town podcast. Delighted to welcome to the Town TV set um, forward Caden Jackson. What a start to the season it's been for you and a goal-scoring start as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, most importantly, we sat, um, you know, we, we sat with, with six points after two games, is which which is a perfect start. You know, we've worked all summer, um, you know, to, to kind of get the start that we've had. And yeah, me personally, it's a nice... Uh, Obviously, a nice feeling having scored um, scored my first championship goal in what was probably about four years. How was your summer break? What'd you get up to? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, we a <laughs> couple of uh, obviously a few celebrations with the boys, um, which was nice. You know, it's very rare that you get you know a season that we had last year, um, and you know the group that we've got. It was uh, it was nice to get away and, and celebrate. Um, I think we all deserved it. And then yeah, um, straight into family time and. Um, you know, holidays with with little ones is uh, is always exciting and, and is always interesting. And yeah, unfortunately, the first one he he had chicken pox on the first day, so it's uh, yeah, it was um, smoother after that. Refreshed, recharged though. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we work so hard day to day. Um, you know, our week our week is um, you know 
jam packed with either training sessions or um, you know information sessions, you know meetings and stuff like that. So yeah, it's um, it was nice to just get the feet up for a little bit, um, but you know keeping one eye on you know staying fit, getting back in shape and uh, and being ready for the season. When you look at this club over the past few years, evolution is the word I used to describe it. And even over the summer, look around the stadium, around the training ground, everywhere you look, things are changing for the better constantly. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's taken me aback, um, you know, just seeing the progress that's been made, like you said, just over the summer. Um, so, you know, three months ago, none of this was in place. It was, you know, it's incredible to see what, what the guys behind the scenes have, have been working on and, Obviously, all the people at the club, you know, working so hard. Um, you know, I think there's a real, you know, hard-working, you know, work ethic at the club. And, you know, that's from us as players and all the way down to the guys, you know, the maintenance guys who have, who have put all this together. So, you know, fair play to the club. It's it's going in the, the right direction, thankfully. Your journey at this football club has been roller coasterish, ish hasn't it? Um, coming in where things were difficult, things were tight. Um, as as a big signing, being relegated, going through some really difficult times, but coming out the other side of it, I mean, how does it feel to have grown with the football club? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I have to pinch myself, you know, daily that, you know, the fact that I'm I'm still here and, yeah, we've 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 gone through some some real tough times, um, you know, and we've gone through it together. Um, you know, I've not I've not gone anywhere. I've not you know, left on loan, a, a couple of the boys have and, you know, a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of turnover since the days that, you know, I first joined the club. So, yeah, it's um, it's been a real, a real tough journey, but, you know, in the end, you know, we're here now, uh, back in the championship, back where, back where we belong. Um, we feel as a club, we belong there and, you know, the sky's the limit, I think, Um you know, off the pitch now, we've got the correct back in behind us. Um, and yeah, as long as we go out there as players and, and do our utmost, you know, to get results week in, week out. Um, and yeah, the, the su- supporters will always come out for us. And, you know, like they showed on Saturday, you know, terrific support for the first home game. And, you know, I'm hoping there's uh, plenty more to come. It's hardly been plain sailing for you, though. You talk about players that have gone out on loan and, and maybe left the club. Did you ever have the chance to walk away? Did you ever think about it and think maybe I need a fresh start somewhere? Of course, you always, you know, you always think about, um, you know, football at the best of times, even when you're more settled, you know, football sometimes, you know, things happen and, and things come up and opportunities, you know, arise to leave. And yeah, it was, don't get me wrong, it was, you know, it was tough. I, um, you know, off the back of a successful season, I joined joined Ipswich and then, you know, to to kind of see the instability and, you know, the lack of lack of infrastructure on and off the pitch and, you know, lack of organisation around the place was was um, something that I wasn't expecting. Um, so yeah, it was you know the the first summer was was very tough, and you know I had a lot of um, a lot of tough you know tough conversations with with family, with friends, with you know agents and and people within the club. And yeah, I'm you know I, I don't like to quit. I'm you know I don't think I'd be here if you know today if I if I was a, a quitter. Um, you know I like to. I like to get my head down and work hard and, and prove people wrong, um, you know, and prove myself right, to be honest. Um, that's why I've got to, to where I am today. And, yeah, it's, um, I mean, my whole career has been a, a tough and a strange journey. Um, so, yeah, I'm just happy to happy to be here today, to be honest, and, you know, be able, able to go and, you know, 
get on the pitch like I did Saturday and, and show what I can do. Is it fair to say that this football club maybe lacked identity and now it's firmly got one? Yeah, massively. Um, you know, it, it lacked a lot of things, but, you know, without going into it too deep, um, you know, the it's just night and day to, to where we are today. Um, you know, when I first came in, the, the style of play wasn't really there. Um, and, you know, we weren't giving the fans enough to cheer about. Um, you know, obviously resulted in a, in a relegation. And then, yeah, we had a couple of... We had a couple of seasons where we, we looked to have a little bit of a go in League One and, and looked to get promoted. But ultimately, if you don't have the infrastructure behind you and, you know, everything that goes into it, the organisation, the, the setup um, behind the scenes, if you don't really have that, then it's hard as a group of players to just go out there and make things happen. But, you know, thankfully the club is, you know, we're backed in, in every aspect nowadays. Um, you know, there's nothing lacking at the club. Um, you know, as players, we have everything we need to go out there and achieve and I think we showed that last season um, and yeah this season the club's come back bigger better um, you know as players we've we've come back fitter stronger so you know I'm sure it should be uh, an exciting season You mentioned style of play there when, when you talk about the football on pitch you've got to mention the boss Kieran McKenna um, what was it like when he first came in? It was incredible to be honest um, you know I talk about the the lack of you know organisation and stuff like that we had before. You know, as soon as he came in, it was just it was a real eye opener for for a lot of us, um, especially the ones that had been at the club for a little while and you know just kind of were floating around day to day um, with no real structure to it. And then yeah, the boss came in and it was it was incredible. Um, you know, every day is enjoyable, but every day is a learning day. Um, you know, no two sessions are, di- uh, are the same. Sorry. So yeah, it's, it was just it's, yeah, it's been enjoyable every day. Does the word elite describe him as a manager, as a coach, as a person? Does it describe him accurately? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that shows why you know where he's come from, um, and it was no fluke that you know he worked at the top level, and yeah, I'm sure in uh, years to come he'll, he'll work at the top level again. When you look at the dressing room here, it, it feels as though it's constantly evolving new faces new players new styles new attitudes new everything and and it, in turn it's created a really positive environment does it also make life difficult for someone like yourself where you're constantly having to work harder and harder and battle harder to hold on to your shirt and your place uh i wouldn't say it makes it harder no um you know I, i'm used to working having to work hard um if anything Harder than, you know, previous, you know, people that have come in, you know, more recently than myself. That's just, I think that's just the way football works, to be honest. If you want to, you know, keep your sport or keep your place around the team, then you have to work hard, um, especially, you know, the longer you're here. Um, often in football, people kind of take the foot off the gas when they've been somewhere, you know, quite a while or, you know, get a little bit comfortable. But no, I think, you know, if I was to get comfortable, I wouldn't, I wouldn't last two minutes here. That's the way the boss likes it. You know, he work. He likes people that, that work hard. And, yeah, I just come in and do my job and try and improve it day on day. I think you've proven that in terms of, you know, five years at one football club. Not many people do that these days. Um, it's, I mean, you're halfway to a testimonial. Just out of interest, <laughs> if you were to stay for 10, who would you pick for your testimonial? <laughs> um, I'd try and get Liverpool down, yeah, but it might be hard. So it'd probably be someone like 
Accrington had a match. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you ever, have you sat and reflected on those five years? Have you had time to reflect? Um, no, I've, I've, I've not, to be honest. Um, probably because of the manner of, you know, most of the five years. Um, you know, yeah, we've had, what is it now, 18 months um, that have been incredible under the boss. Um, and yeah, that I've enjoyed every minute and it's, yeah, I've not really had the chance to, to look back and, you know, even saying 18 months there, it seems it seems like the boss came in, you know, two months ago. It's, you know, the, strangely, there's a, there's a freshness about the place still, which, you know, it is hard as a manager. You can't, you know, you can get it in the first one or two months and you see teams, that's, I think, historically, you see football teams having, you know, a new manager come in and there's a freshness around the place and, you know, players have that buzz for, you know, the opening two months and then it kind of fizzles out, but, no, it's, you know, I just come in, like I said before, day on day, working hard, enjoying it and, yeah, just look forward to the next day. So, you know, maybe when, you know, all is said and done and the boots are hung up, then, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to reflect. And I think I said in, you know, one of my first interviews when I came here, you know, it's for me coming where I'm, you know, coming from where I'm from, it's, you know, it was a proud day to, to sign for Ipswich Town and, you know, that's, not, that's still not lost on me. You know, every day that I... um I'm given the opportunity to put the shirt on and get onto the pitch in, in front of 29,000 fans. It's, um, you know, yeah, I, I still have to pinch myself when, when moments like that happen and especially moments like Saturday. It's, um, yeah, it's taken a lot of hard work, but you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the position that I'm in and, you know, hopefully there's uh, a bit more success that we can, can have together as a team. We'll come back to the more formal questions in a minute because we have been on Instagram and we have been talking to some supporters and, and asking them if they wanted to uh, ask you a question. Got a nice um, got a nice sheet of quite a few questions here. Um, the majority of the questions surround your pace. Okay. Uh, let's go for the first one from Carly Hughes, who's asked, who's the quickest player in the squad other than you? I was expecting that one. Um, I mean, yeah, Wes is, Wes is lightning quick. Um yeah, we've had we've had fast players in the past. Um, Kane Vincent Young was very quick. Uh, James Norwood surprisingly was very quick. Um, and then yeah, obviously Wes is you know super super quick. So yeah, it's definitely Wes. I mean, Janoy, uh, JD will definitely be up there actually. Um, so yeah, I'd say Wes closely followed by by JD. Oscar Taps has asked, "What was your reaction to having ninety six pace on FIFA?" Is that Truth or from from what I mean, that's the question. I, I presume mean, I wasn't aware of. That, Are you not a FIFA honest. player? No, I'm not at all. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go and give my brothers a little roasting every now and again when I'm up there. Um, but Prefer I mean, tactic. Just beat what's in front of you. To be honest. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not that much of a player, to be honest. You're not going to win your coaching badges by by just saying beat what's in front of you, mate. Come on, you've got to do better than that. Uh, Willem has asked, who would win a race out of you, Sonic the Hedgehog and the Flash? Uh, I've been called the Flash in the past, so it'd be a close one. But yeah, probably probably me. Great question from Harry asking: Did you ever consider being a professional sprinter? And do you have a best time over 100 meters? Um. You wasn't wrong about the pace questions, by the way. Um, to be honest, no, I didn't consider it. Um, I enjoyed it when I was younger, but no, I didn't really consider it. I think um, 
last time I ran 100 meters was I was probably about 16 and it would have been 11 something. That's all I recall. Let's go on to uh, move away from the speed-based questions because there's some really good uh, other bits and pieces that have come in. Connor has asked your favourite cartoon show as a kid, which is a great question. Oh, my gosh. I can't give one favourite. I mean, there you grew so up many. in the era of Ed, Ed and Eddie. No, there's so, yeah. Recess. Oh, my God. Simpsons. Arthur. Arthur. Well, he was a hey, legend. Oh he was a legend. Oh, Arthur um, was an absolute hero. Yeah. You know what? I give it, hey Arthur, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll Favorite character, that. Arthur. <laughs> of course, fair play. Um, Hayden has asked if you were stuck on an island with which three teammates would you want with you and why? Cameron Burgess brings the cards. Um, <laughs> although I would probably just want his cards and not him because he he plays it terribly slow. Um, George Edmondson, because if, I mean, if we're going to die of, you know, starvation and dehydration and all that kind of stuff, I want to be happy. I want to be laughing and I'd just be laughing at him constantly. Um, and then JD, because, yeah, I mean, I've been with him for the last six years. So, you know, it'd be weird if I was on an island without him. <laughs> Funny enough, we, we actually have had a, a, a message from a certain Cameron Bird just asking, who is the current super loser in Cards on the Bus? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's not me, um, for once, which is good. Um it is the it is yeah, Janoy Danassian. Not a good player. So we play a we play an interesting game actually. Um a game that J D made up, basically. Um <laughs> J D created a game himself and this year he's he's yeah, he's this current super loser, so his work uh, Ben has asked who's your best friend in football I mean I live with I lived with Jordan Roberts um, when he was here for a little bit uh, so yeah we, we were close from that um, yeah JD I've been with for six years so you know again we, we're close yeah um, so yeah I'd say one of them two uh, Harry Cundy has asked best player you've played with Flynn Downs has got to be up there. Um, yeah, I mean, you see, you see a lot of midfielders, defensive midfielders, um, you know, going for kind of hundred million, fifty million these days, and yeah, I I fully expect that to be to be Flynn in you know sort of the next two to three years. Can I build on it and ask favourite strike partner? Billy Key. Yeah, um, I'll never not say Billy. To be fair, he's. Uh, yeah, he really helped me. I mean, I signed at Accrington on the back of a trial. Um, wasn't really playing at Barnsley. Um, was kind of in and out with the 23s and in and out training with the first team. And um, yeah, happened to, to sign at Accrington. And yeah, the the rest is, is history, as they say. Uh, Lewis Taylor has asked, what away day are you most looking forward to this season? Some big ones out there. Yeah, I mean, the Leicester one is obviously... A big one, uh, Southampton, a big one, but Leeds, Leeds for me, um, it's literally 15 minutes from my house. Um, hopefully, if my family can be bothered, they'll um, they'll show up. They'll probably be late, but yeah, it's um, yeah, Leeds will be a big one. 
finally, Joseph Page has asked a very, very important question. And this is someone I'm uh, something I'm interested in as well. He's asked, why are you so good on Football Manager? You scored me 39 goals in the championship season. <sighs> I mean, I haven't played Football Manager myself for, for a long time. Um, but I mean, I, I'd imagine the pace helps. That's, yeah, that's it. Unless they know something I don't. KJOP, that's what it is. Uh, back onto this season, two really big results so far, two very different performances. Um, how different is the championship from League One? Oh, yeah, it's massively different. Um, you know, going into this season, we, we've done a hell of a lot of analysing um, kind of last season um, and this season and, and the differences and, and where we need to be as a squad and as a team. Um, both tactically and and physically, and yeah, it's it's already shown that it's going to be, you know, I don't think we got any kind of any test close to what we did, you know, in the Sunderland game in in League One last season. Um, you know, for the out of the forty six games, probably forty three of them we had majority of the ball. Um, whereas this season, you know, the first game, you know, it, it was difficult at times to to win the ball back and then you know when we did it was difficult to keep it um but i think we sh- we showed last season that we can you know in the burnley games um that we can play play just as well without the ball as we do with the ball so yeah it's um it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see you know big teams especially when we uh we go to away to big grounds and you know teams that like to keep the ball and and play good football like Sunderland do but yeah i think we've already shown that we can um you know, defend on shape and, you know, our principles are, are good enough to, to keep us in games and then, you know, we've got the quality to, to go and hurt teams. Have you, more importantly, shown that you're adaptable and that you're not one-trick ponies? You don't just play in one certain style. Sunderland was a battle. Like, let's make no bones about it. The game against Stoke was so different and, and you know, the the analysis of it afterwards and, and the adulation and plaudits were, I mean, really welcome. They were incredible. But you've just shown two different sides to to an Ipswich side. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's probably it's probably easy to get the plaudits off the back of of the Stoke one, but you know I, I think the boys that played in the Sunderland one deserve the plaudits even more. Um, you know, it, it's so unbelievably tough to to you know watch the team you know that you're playing against have possession and have the territory, but to be switched on through a full 90 minutes to to concede very little chances um, and be as solid as, at the back as we were in the Sunderland game. Um, you know, I think for all their territory, all their possession, you know, they apart from the goal they scored, you know, I don't recall them having too many clear-cut big chances. I mean, I think we probably conceded three, you know, real opportunities that they could get a good shot on goal, which, you know, with the possession that they had, you know, we, we'll take that week in week out um, because we'll always rely on you know whether it's Vaz or Christian or you know the centre half to make big blocks big challenges um, you know Burge at the back made you know so many vital you know key blocks and interceptions that game um, so yeah we I think you know we, we showed that we can mix it we showed that we can you know defend on shape as I said before and play without the ball um, and then you know hurt teams on the counter so I think there'll definitely be something in the back of you know, back of teams' minds when they're players and, you know, they'll definitely be wary about, you know, conceding chances on the counter to us. So, yeah, we've um, we've shown that we're capable of, of winning, you know, 
different types of games and you know to do that so early in the season is um you know testament to to the work we've done over the course of the uh pre-season and to be honest towards the back end of last season we were working on all this kind of stuff um like I said before going into the Burnley games um you know we know football is you know there's a lot of different tests in football and you have to be ready for each and every one of them 21 unbeaten pressure confidence do you even think about it? To be honest, no. We, as a group, we don't discuss any of that kind of stuff. It's, it's literally as cliche as it sounds. It's it's on to the next one. Um, you know, as soon as the the Stoke one was done, it was like, yeah, well done. We had one meeting, went over what we did well, and and went over most most importantly what we did, what we could improve on. Because um, yeah, we we want to keep building week in week out and. You know, see where it takes us. I mean, if we if we lose Saturday, you know, it's not the end of the world. If we win the next fifteen games, doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get promoted, or you know, we'll, we'll be in the Premier League, or we'll go on to win anything. Um, you know, we just want to keep building, and yeah, the momentum's nice. It's it's a great feeling. Everyone's confident, and you know, we're obviously all on a high still from last year, and we don't just want it to be a high that kind of fizzles out by Christmas. We want to you know build on that, and yeah, see where it takes us as a group. It's all about being on a high since last season. I mean, the atmosphere inside Portman Road was electric post-Stoke, after Stoke. It was it was incredible. What was it like for you to score in front of that crowd and, and to be in and amongst it? And, I mean, just a walk around the pitch afterwards, it was fantastic. Just everyone's so united right now. Yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously the last time we were there was, was the Exeter one and it was, you know, what an unbelievable day and it kind of just rolled over into the Stoke game it was you know it was almost as though the, the people the fans had been you know camped out there and just <laughs> waiting for the next one um, so yeah I think we were eagerly you know awaiting the, the game as much as the fans were and it was just so good to see it, all the faces and you know I mean the, the, the 29,000 um, you know that came out to, to support us and yeah it was it was an incredible day and we were just thankful that we were able to you know show our best football and, and give them you know, give them something to cheer about, and you know it's always good that having um, you know your home support behind you in games like that. Caden, to finish this chat off, we we've been working on a bit of a, an idea here, and we thought we'd we test it out on you. Um, the running title for this feature is the Caden Jackson Five. Uh, we're going to be asking you five questions, which will hopefully give us a bit more of an insight into you musically and your your taste. Um, we want five songs plus a little reason behind your track selection. All of these tracks, by the way, will be available on a Spotify playlist. Uh, we can't play them on a podcast. A lot of red tape, a lot of paperwork. So we thought, hey, get everyone over to the playlist once it's up. Um, and yeah, it'll give our supporters the opportunity to go and check it out as it grows with the episode. So, Caden, first question. Um, tell me about a song that makes you happy. Um, yeah, so I think, this was a song that I kind of started listening to when through probably some of the tougher times, um, you know, just tough training sessions, tough games. And, you know, I'd get back in the car and even on the way to games, you know, when, you know, things weren't going so well. And yeah, it was uh, Jamie XX, Good Times. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just something that whether, you know, whatever, whatever mood I was in, um, you know, listen to it, I'd kind of, you know, especially listening to the lyrics and yeah, I think it just gives, it just kind of settles me down a little bit and yeah, makes me th not think too far ahead and, you know, makes me just enjoy the moment. 
Nice, great start uh, to our place. What track pumps you up pre-game? I mean, there's a few. There's a few that Harry Clark likes to put on. Um, some of them better than others. Um, but yeah, one that he was, we were listening to a lot as a team last season was uh, like towards the back end, especially was uh, Lil Uzi Vert. Just want to rock. Um, yeah, it was. I mean. It, Playlists, especially when you have a season like we do, playlists can can be a big thing. Um, so whether you've got one song that you know everyone likes, and you end up playing one song just before you go out, and it's always you know it, it never changes unless you know you lose, which didn't happen so much last season. So yeah, that was one of the songs that we'd always play um, before every game. So yeah, it was it worked. <laughs> I feel every team around the country has like one song they all <laughs> stick to. Like they just yeah. play it before every game. Be it Rick Ross, be it a bit of Drake. But this is a great choice. Um, what song is your guilty pleasure? Now, when I say guilty pleasure, I mean, say if you jump in the car after training, you're at the training ground and Janoi Danassian's forgotten his deck of cards. And so he quickly opens your car door and you are listening to this track and you quickly have to turn it off. What track is this? So there's not many songs that I'd call a guilty pleasure that I like. Um, but yeah, I am partial to a bit of uh, Miley Cyrus. Nice. Um, yeah, that's that's popped on the playlist a few times and I don't skip it. Um, obviously, it's on there from, you know, way back when. It's on the shuffle um, and I will listen to it out. Um, so yeah, it was Miley Cyrus, Wrecking Ball. Solid, great effort. I love it. Uh, a song that reminds you of family. This was probably the toughest one. Um, just being from, you know, f- growing up, my grandma's house is always music playing, um, especially a Sundays. Yeah, reggae Sundays. Um, but yeah, we've had we've had a few uh, family occasions and. To be honest, a couple of, of funerals as well. The songs being played at, and yeah, it just whenever I hear it, hear it, it just reminds me of of being, you know, being at home, being at my grandma's, listening to the music. Um, so yeah, not many people know it, but it's Junior Kelly, "Love So Nice." What are those Sundays like when you were growing up? Oh, incredible! Just yeah, um, yeah, no, incredible. I'd be you know playing out, always playing football. Um, yeah, my grandma would be on to me for scuffing up my trainers or, or whatever she'd get me in try to clean my boots from my match previously and I was you know I weren't having any of it I was just out on the street playing um and then yeah we'd all we'd all congregate at my grandma's and yeah have food and, and listen she'd just have the music running in the background and to be honest when I was younger I just wanted probably wanted 50 cents to be playing but yeah my grandma weren't having none of it um yeah no she'd have a Motown on or a reggae or you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's yeah, all that kind of music reminds me of home. Solid choice. First bit of reggae in our playlist. <laughs> Finally, what is your karaoke tune? I mean, I'm not a karaoke person. You might be able to tell that by the, the choice. Um, I'm pretty horrific. Thankfully, I've been at the same club for the last five years, so I've not had to do any initiations. Um, Did you do one when you arrived? I did, yeah. You um do? I may have done yeah, I may have done Oasis Wonderwall. Um may have done that. 
I know it's banned at a lot of clubs because, I mean, it's most people's go-to when they either can't sing or don't know the words, lyrics to any of songs. And that, you just get someone to go, oh, maybe. That was me, yeah, yeah, is. literally. Um, and then I think the lads took over. So, yeah, it was. I think it was Oasis Wonderwall. Caden, best of luck for, for QPR at the weekend. See you there. Cannot wait to, to follow in. Uh, to follow you and, and, and the town army down there thanks Joe Sophie and Caden for joining us on this episode of the official Ipswich Town podcast if you're heading down to QPR on Saturday safe trip down see you there make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to get every single episode of the official town podcast the moment it is released by the way if you're not heading to Loftus Road join James Anadakis uh, Matt Holland and special guest pundit Christian Walton for all the pre-match build-up to Saturday's championship clash. Otherwise, that's it from us. We'll catch you again soon. Come on, you blues.